I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Violet Hour presents... Dr. Harrington. You are? Detective Filardo, 103rd Precinct, robbery homicide. I'm sorry, why are you here? Look, I know the timing of this is not ideal, but I need to ask you some questions about Bruce Russo. Coffee? No, thank you. Are you aware of what happened last night, (sighs) ma'am? Not fully, but... Given your credentials, I assume it's bad. Well, yes. You sure you don't want some coffee? Fine, I'll have a coffee. How do you like it? Light and sweet. Light and sweet. Perfect. That's how I like to keep things. Now, Bruce Russo, you were his doctor, right? Yeah. Was he on any medication? Of course. That would all be in his case file. Didn't you go through his case file already? Yeah, but I'm looking to confirm that with the doctor responsible for this kid. You understand, right? Yes. Bro, hip, uh, uh, hip, hypno, hypna... Hypnovan. Hypnovan. That's right. Man, these medical names are always so hard to pronounce. So, just for my notes, Bruce was on Hypnovan an antipsychotic at the time of his death, correct? As described in his case file and as prescribed by his psychiatrist, Dr. Lasher. Yes, detective. 
Well, that is helpful, ma'am. Thank you. Puts me ahead a little further on the timeline. Damn toxicology testing takes a while. At least I can put something rough down in my notes. Yeah. You okay? I'm fine. Dr. Harrington's first encounter with Detective Falardo, the law enforcement official who would later interrogate her on the night of the fire. After suffering a concussion in her attempt to subdue Bruce, Harrington spent the night in Queens General Hospital recovering. While Bruce was steadily improving, his sudden decline and untimely death left Harrington susceptible to grave consequences for removing the surviving Fillmore 4 from their medication. But Harrington had good cause. I know that now. With a healthy distrust of authority pumping through her veins and a belief in what the teens were experiencing, Harrington was prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice to stop the nightmare before any further death could happen. But with every lie comes a greater lie and a greater cost. A cost I am starting to understand more clearly with the passing of each second I spend researching this case. This is Lifting the Rug, a production of RFE Radio, where we explore hidden secrets, unsolved mysteries, and shine a light for justice. I'm Samantha Williams. Join me as we continue our journey into the gloom. Episode 6, It's All Come Undone. This. This. And look, here. Look. See? Ma'am, there are no signs of a break-in. Are you for real? Someone fucking trashed this place. Okay, ma'am. Please remain calm. Oh, I'm calm. I'm fucking zen. Does anyone have a copy of your key? Ex-boyfriend or girlfriend? An ex? Ugh. I... I can't believe the nerve of you people. I don't have an ex, okay? There's no one. So you're saying you live a completely solitary existence? Yeah. You got a problem with that? Not at all, ma'am. Could you stop calling me, ma'am? Okay. Uh, resident of apartment 20A? Oh, God. I knew I shouldn't have called the cops. You can file a report. <laughs> file a report, sure. I can go file a report. Is that recording? I'm always recording. It's part of the job. Hmm, what job? I'm a journalist. I work for RFE. Oh, wow. I listen to that. Really? Yeah, what do you work on? A show called Lifting the Rug. No kidding. You guys do some interesting stuff. Thanks. I'm pretty new. Just leading my first story right now. But it's anything like that story in that Daisy Morales case on trafficking. That was a great show. I'll do my best. If there's anything missing that you can think of, anything that stands out as gone. Look at this place. Sure, everything. I mean, it's such a mess. I can't imagine I'll know anything for a while. Well, if you can think of anything, this is my card. You can text or email. Maybe something will come up later on. You think I did this, don't you? I did not say that. If you rewind your tape recording, you will clearly never hear me say anything of that nature. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> a lot. I understand. I get it. 
Sorry about the comment before. It's a bad situation to be in. Sometimes you say things. You, you don't always filter under stress. I didn't... So what do I do now? File report and think about anyone who may have a key to this place. Usually with these kinds of incidents, it's someone you know. A record of any item taken is also helpful to track down the individual or individuals responsible. You may also want to maybe... Hey, you following me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for your time, officer. I don't know what I was expecting. The police were of little help. I am quite certain that I am being followed. It only confirms one thing. I must be getting closer to the truth. I can't afford to let my anxiety debilitate me. That's why I use once monthly triple core to help me stay on top of my game. When you're depressed, you don't want to see anyone. When you're depressed, you don't want to go anywhere. Depression don't take Treplacor if you have low blood so calcium, kidney disease, or so can't can sit or stand for at least one hour. Try Follow dosing instructions carefully. Stop taking Treplacor and contact your doctor if you have difficult or painful... The commercialization of mood-altering drugs to stave off anxiety and depression. Chemical restraint was no longer a faux pas. It became an accessory. Chemical imbalances implicitly balanced and the maligned, silenced, and changed. It is indisputable that the surviving Fillmore teens were doing better when Harrington clandestinely removed them from their drugs. The bigger question was, what was in the cocktail that they were prescribed? When the public began to question whether the potential harm of these drugs outweighed their benefits, representatives from these pharmaceutical companies were called before the U.S. Senate for hearings. So, when it comes to really severe behavioral problems where there's a lot of danger, atypical antipsychotic medications are what we would recommend. The concern with this type of medication is that there are some severe potential adverse effects. Let me stop you there. What kind of adverse effects are you talking about? One such effect is a higher degree of what is called cerebral vascular events. Oh, great. So basically a stroke then. Among other things, but yes, there is a risk of strokes. That's why we typically use minimum doses when beginning and only after alternative treatments have been exhausted. Is there an increased chance of death? We found that when compared in double-blind tests, the control group found a 2% possibility of death, and those on the prescribed medication saw a 3% probability. So a yes then? Yes, a one in a hundred person increase, yes. They will likely do well with an increase from 120 to 200 milligrams at approximately midday and 11 p.m. Dr. Edmund Lasher. He was an adamant critic of the Tuskegee, Broken Windows, and Stanford prison experiments, speaking out against all three in the early 1970s. He spoke out not only on their lack of ethics, but also on their methodology. But in later years, his ties to Big Pharma would see him soften his position. On one hand, he was really great at what he did. On the other, he had a dark past and caused harm to the people he swore an oath to protect. 
My research took me to Dr. Cyril Hirsch, a forensic pathologist who has previously served as the president of both the American Academy of Forensic Science and the American College of Legal Medicine. Dr. Hirsch was also chief medical examiner in Cook County, Illinois for 30 years before retiring into the consulting practice he now operates. He has performed over 14,000 autopsies in his career and served as an expert witness on over 100 criminal trials, including the exoneration of the Baltimore baby killer. Thank you for speaking to us, Dr. Hirsch. Can I start by asking, in general, what are your initial thoughts on the case files? Yes. Uh, Well, the reports... uh There are inconsistencies based on the tapes you have played for me. I am failing to see the connections between the cause and manner of death. Why could this have occurred? That, young lady, I cannot answer. I do not have the ability to trade minds with this pathologist. However, what I can surmise is that is possibly the result of poor medical practice, or, uh, never mind. No, go, go on. Please finish the thought, Doctor. So, yes, it is my guess, and not on any sort of record, but my guess that the true cause of death in both of these youngsters was either missed or deliberately left out. I can't see any other realistic alternative open. Hypothetically speaking, if there was obfuscation, how could that happen given the nature and size and scope of the office of the chief medical examiner? The only way that you could have anomalies in both cases, especially in the final autopsy reports, is with the complicity of the chief medical officer of the facility. Also, it is unlikely that a pathologist would contradict a fellow colleague. How is that? In addition to the backlog of work, there is little incentive at that level to contradict each other. These things are usually sorted out at the lower level so that you don't have to fight at the top. In a sense, if this were willfully unprofessional work completed to reduce caseload... To put it bluntly, nobody was going to throw one of their own under the bus. A cause of death is delivered. There is no real next of kin. The case is closed, and one hand washed the other hand clean of the blood. That sounds very much like you were describing a cover-up. That, my dear, is a possibility. But I could not comment as to why. My meeting with Dr. Hirsch only made the Fillmore web of obfuscation grow wider. If Dr. Lasher was complicit in making certain vague autopsy reports delivered for Kiara and Bruce, I cannot see the motivation as to why. So I dug a little deeper and found something disturbing among the final group therapy session of what remained of the Fillmore Four, now that it was just down to Roland and Alicia. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at 
hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone's saying Bruce killed himself. People just talking shit. Ignorant, backward-ass fuckheads. Bruce, no suicide. And it wasn't no fucking accident, either. He's scared. It was real. The gloom is real. Well, if Bruce believed the gloom was after him, then yes, in his mind, it was. You try to be our friend, and then come down here just to patronize us? You know, at some point, you're gonna have to pick a side, Doc. I didn't come here to fight. I came to get you out. Dr. Lasher has been experimenting on us, all of us, including me. I knew he was bad man. What are you talking about? He's been injecting you, spiking our drinks, yours and mine, tracking our every move. Why? God knows, but does it matter? What I do know is that we have to get out of this place before he does damage to us that cannot be undone. Death. Yes. Maybe. Like Bruce and Kiki. Exactly, Roland. Like Bruce and Kiki. Why the fuck should we trust you? Well, I'm not sure if you have much of a choice given the level of influence he has here. What makes you different from all the rest? You're filled with all the same empty promises. Well, I beg to differ. Well, I beg that you are full of it. Have I once lied to you while we've worked on these sessions? Have I? No. No. I told you that the drugs you were on were a problem. Now that you're off of them, do you feel better? Are you clearer in your minds? Yes. It's more than words. I've got a plan. Short of you guys, it's all I have left.
In examining the tapes further, it becomes evident that Dr. Harrington and the kids were sharing a mutual mistrust and paranoia around the practices of Dr. Lasher and the Fillmore facility. Despite a period of improvement, the teens continue to exhibit prolonged paranoid delusions rooted in psychosis, a psychosis that I'm starting to believe may be grounded in actual events. Upon reviewing recent patient lab results, I've noticed trace amounts of the drug DMT in both Roland and Alicia. Trace amounts of the drug DMT in both Roland and Alicia. Why the fuck were trace amounts of DMT in the Fillmore 4? Endomethyltryptamine, otherwise known as DMT, is a much stronger hallucinogen contained in the ayahuasca plant. It has been used in religious practices in South America for centuries to induce vision quests. It is permitted in Brazil for religious purposes, but is classified as a Schedule I drug in the U.S. It is debated whether or not DMT is also produced endogenously. In other words, naturally in the body, specifically in the pineal gland in the brain. Also known as a spirit molecule, some users have claimed that it is a bridge to other dimensions. In recent years, researchers have explored the use of hallucinogenic drugs in the treatment of various psychiatric illnesses through the practice of microdosing. Without full access to the labs of Roland Irby and Alicia Higgins, I cannot conclude whether or not the levels of DMT in their blood work were indicative of microdosing DMT, but I can't help but wonder if their delusions were amplified by the substance. I personally have a past experience of microdosing, in my case, mushrooms, to treat general anxiety disorder. I found the holistic treatment to be quite effective, and it lacked the side effects of prescription anxiety medications. In the interest of full transparency, I spent the end of my own adolescence in a psychiatric hospital. It was an experience that both fractured and empowered me. It's why I know and fight for the Fillmore Four. Long after all the smoke has settled and the ghosts have departed into the night, because I am one of them. Forgotten, broken, silenced. Never again, though. The Fillmore Four will be silent no more. But instead, I need you to feel hopeless with me. The hopelessness that the remaining Fillmore Four felt. I need to take you to the beginning of the end of Darlene Harrington. Dr. Harrington believed more or less that Dr. Lasher was inappropriately drugging her group for some type of experimental study. With her grip on reality slipping further and further away, she was becoming less and less in control of her emotions. It all came to a head the day of her hearing with the hospital review board. No, that wasn't the case, sir. The complaint filed alleges that you stop administering antipsychotic medication to four of your patients against the chief medical officer's direction and hiding that knowledge. Dr. Harrington, it seems to me that you were negligent in your duty of care. The medication is killing them. 
They're being drugged, experimented on by him. Dr. Harrington, we would thank you to not make inflammatory accusations and just stick to the facts of the matter. The facts of the matter are that my kids are being drugged specifically with N-dimethyltryptamine. There appear to be trace level amounts in the autopsies. I don't know what you consider to be trace level, but this was certainly not it. But that is beside the point. This is not a typical antipsychotic drug at any level. Are we a treatment facility or a research lab? Lasher is a monster! Dr. Harrington, these are unsubstantiated allegations and you have offered no scientific evidence. We've reviewed the most recent lab results for both Roland Irby and Alicia Higgins and there are no traces of the drug and dimethyltryptamine or any illicit Schedule One substances as you describe in their systems. Additionally, there are no traces of their prescribed medication Hypnovan. Quite frankly, we're concerned about your state of mind, given My everything that's transpired. My state of mind? You're all mad. More likely you're doing this just to cover your own asses. You were the ones that appointed him, and if he goes down, he exposes all of you much more than I do. Order. I call this hearing to order. Dr. Harrington, it is the recommendation of this review board that you are suspended from employment at the Fillmore facility pending a review of your status. In addition, we are recommending to the State Board to review your license as well. Under these conditions, you are to immediately cease interactions with all patients at this facility. You're all murderers! Goddamn monsters! And that's how it always goes. The innocent are slaughtered and their blood is left to drain away to appease the fucking wolves! <laughs> fucking vampires. Dr. Lasher, did you come to gloat or to help me pack? Darlene, I know things haven't worked out like we both expected, but I hope that history remembers your contributions here. Look, you got what you wanted. Your ass is covered, but for the next 30 minutes, this is still my office while I pack up, so quite frankly, you can fuck off. This is a difficult job. Not everyone is cut from a cloth strong enough to withstand the many directions that it pulls you in. So chin up. You're not the first colleague of mine that I've seen succumb to the pressures of that position. What makes you so fucking indestructible? Compartmentalization. You're a fucking shell of a human. Are you even human? Something is happening with Alicia Higgins. Darlene! Get the fuck out of my way! Stop her! Alicia! <laughs> Alicia! <laughs> God damn you. You know I'm the only person who can help her. If you don't calm down right now... Get off of me! You're breaking the law! Call a codem down to the lobby. Call a codem down to the lobby. Alicia. Alicia, please. Kiddo? It's me. I can... I can feel it. I can feel it everywhere. It's right here. It's close, Darlene. You have to help me. You promised me you'd help I'm me. I'm sorry, honey. I can't. I... I made a mistake. I can't. No, no, no. no. 
No, you have to. I'm sorry. You can't leave me in here to be a guinea pig for these fucking monsters. They're killing us. Please, Alicia. You weren't supposed to be better. You're not supposed to be like them. I thought you actually cared. Focus on things that make you happy. Focus on the light. It'll keep it away long enough for me to come back. To take you away from here. Get the police! Get the police! Hurry! <coughs> yes, Dr. Lasher. Let me go! No, get away! Stay away from her! Get away from me, you motherfucker! No! She needs a sedative. There we go. Hold her down. Hold her down. You goddamn bastards. Damn you. Damn you all for what you've done. You're killing them. It feeds off of their fear. You have no idea what true fear is. For many of the key players involved, these tapes contain a disintegration of sanity. I myself wonder if this podcast is a documentation of my own disintegration. This story is changing me. I am not the person I was when I began this research. Dr. Harrington, I'm sure, had fallen well off the wagon again. I feel like I'm about to join her. Cheers, Darlene. It's not just some story about a bad doctor. It's not the story I thought I'd be uncovering. This is something far more sinister. Get out. You're drunk. You've been listening to The Gloom, a production of Violet Hour Media, produced and directed by Frank Merle. Written by Peter Winsutsky and Michael Asop. Music by Talib Peshkapia. Sound design by John Zowski. Mixed and mastered by Jean-Marc Preset. Executive produced by Cassie Josephoff. Lynette Tachel is the voice of Samantha. Charles Riffenberg is Mark. Michael Clark is Johnny. Carrie Weeder is Darlene. And Tobin Bell is Dr. Lasher. The Fillmore Four are Hunter Johnson, Veronica Johnson, Angeline Labrie, and Spencer Ortega. Additional voices by James Cowan, Galen Howard, Jake Kaufman, Aaron Killeen, Keith Corneluk, Danielle Today, and Eileen Dietz as Dr. Glassman.
Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.